I want to talk to you about the blood of healing. We were talking last week about healing, and um, we were talking about just the reality that Jesus came to heal us, and his life being marked with healing, and his ministry being marked with healing. And the early disciples, he said, as you go, preach, say, in the kingdom of heaven is in hand, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. So we understand that Jesus, everything about his ministry was this idea of um, sickness being the enemy not a friend but the enemy so we were talking about those scriptures and we read from Isaiah the scripture we'll read again today it says he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed and we talked about the blood of Jesus wherever you see the blood there is a covenant it's the blood of the covenant meaning that there's a promise from God that if we add our faith to that promise, that promise becomes real in our life. That's what the covenant is. It's an agreement. So every time you see blood, so when we saw the blood from the back of Jesus, it's healing for us. Now, thank God most of us are not sick. But we still need the blood of healing in our life because you could call it the blood of health and healing because it was God addressing the issues of the physical body. And all of us have an issue with having to live in this body. All of us you know, are going to make choices to exercise, eat, sleep. Most everybody wants to lose weight, right? We all have this idea that we're in this body. And Jesus with his blood is addressing the issues of the body. Now, I want, you to talk, I want to talk to you for a moment from Leviticus 17, verse 11 through 14. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood the life of the flesh is in the blood now this is in this is now in Leviticus is telling them I don't want you to eat blood I don't want you to drink blood and even Jewish people today they uh, they don't eat blood they wash the meat they, they, they don't eat blood and so he was telling them I don't want you to eat or drink the blood because the life of the flesh is in the blood the life of something the life of a cow the life of a chicken the, li the life is in the blood. He was teaching them that the blood contained life. It wasn't just uh, a liquid that was a chemical makeup, but it was actually contained inside that blood life. The life, that word in the Hebrew is nafesh. He said nafesh is in the blood. It means literally the soul is in the blood. The soul is in the blood. So it said, don't eat, the flesh, don't eat the blood of something because the soul of the flesh or the soul of the, the thing is in its blood. So when Jesus said, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood, those Hebrew guys said, no, man, we, we, we can't eat blood. Because they were taught, you don't eat the blood. And there was a lesson that God was teaching that nafesh, the, the soul, or you could say the nature. It's rendered, the word life is in the blood, but it means the nature of something is in its blood. And it's funny how culturally we have accepted the concept. We say sports is in his blood. We say music is in his blood. So if someone, a little kid gets up and starts playing the piano and making some sense, you think, well, music's in their blood. 
right? Or, you know, lots of things. You say uh, teachings in their blood. My family was all teachers or, you know, uh, whatever. Construction or business is in his blood. And they, you know, you expect the son of a businessman to have his own business because we say it's in his blood because we picked up on the reality that in the bloodline of something, and of course, you, you know, when you get ready to buy an expensive animal like a dog or a horse, you check out the pedigree or the bloodline and you say, if this, the grandfather was a winner, the grandson's probably going to be a winner too. Because we say it's in the bloodline or it's in the blood. So we understand that something bigger than just flesh exists. When something is in someone, a nature is in someone, it doesn't matter if you put them in a different environment, their nature is going to come to the surface. Right? Like you can take a wild tiger and you can raise him from a little, you know, cub. But I wouldn't leave him alone with my kids when he grows up because he's going to have dinner. Because even though you can change his environment, what's in his nature is different. You can teach him the right way. You can punish him. You can train him. You can use that, you know, that gun and that whip and you can do all that but at the end of the day he's still a wild animal and he's going to do what wild animals do and you can't trust him i saw recently a while back somebody had a, a chimpanzee and it was a pet and then one day he freaked out and you know blew everybody up they were all in the hospital and tore the whole house up because they were trying to keep a chimpanzee they thought he's so cute he's so cute till his nature comes out and then then you might be dead because he's not all that cute after all. Because you find out even though you trained him and taught him and fed him just like a human being, he's still a monkey. He's still a chimpanzee and his nature is going to come to the surface. And that's where people's issue with being healthy comes down to. It's not just I want to be healed. You need to change your nature. So Jesus knew that when he shed his blood, it wasn't enough for him to just pay the price. He had to get to the root of your problem, which was in your nature. Your problem was in your blood, and God gave you a blood solution. He said, I'm going to get some nefesh, my nefesh, my soul, my nature, my being. I'm going to get it inside of you because I'm going to, you're going to drink my blood. I mean, it's just hard even for people who are not Christians to understand that churches are drinking the blood of Jesus. And we're like, why? Because God knows that you've got to get his nature into your nature. His nature has to touch your nature. It's not just enough to be forgiven for being goofy. You've got to stop being goofy. And the only way to stop being goofy is to get a change of nature. You've got to get something inside of you that says, you know what? I don't want to smoke dope. I don't want to be immoral. I don't want to overeat. I heard recently there was a, a famous preacher on TV, and, but, but he's extremely heavy. He's like, you know, 350 pounds. And he was telling other people how not to sin. I was like, dude, you need to lose some weight. Because <laughs> I know you don't realize it. And I don't want to be ugly, but you know what? If you'll be telling other people about not overdoing it, you get what I'm saying? And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just trying to say the issue is not that people are bad. It's just there's something in their nature that's working against them. And you know what? When you leave here at lunchtime, we're going to find out all about it. Because you said you were going to eat a salad, but you might not. When you look at that menu, that old nature's going to rise up. You know you want something fried just this one time. You've been eating no carbs, but you see that big pile of rice, gumbo, potatoes. When you see that, you're going to be like, uh, my, your nature's going to rise up and say, I want in. I'll repent later. That's why everybody's always losing weight and finding it. 
Somebody said, I'm going to die. See, you can, you can trap that nature and give it all the rules and make it walk right. Now, you ain't going to eat any bread. You ain't going to eat any bread. And you're like, I ain't going to eat any bread. You're right. I ain't going to. And then they bring that hot loaf of French bread to the table with butter. It's the devil, I tell you. You say to yourself, I'm weak. I can't handle it, man. You're like a crack addict. Just give me, just nothing but crumbs left. You're like a drug addict laid out there like crumbs all over you. Like, I couldn't, have, I couldn't stop myself. <laughs> because you know, you know when that nature rises up, all your decisions, all those books you read, and all the promises you made at Weight Watchers, I swear I would not eat another candy bar. You know you lied when you said it. Because you just got your old nature thinking, oh, really? Let's see how that works out for you. A Snickers never looked so good until you said you weren't going to eat one. And then you said you wasn't eating Snickers. You're like, all I want is Snickers. I'm dreaming Snickers. Oprah Winfrey has lost 14 tons of weight and found every bit of it. I don't know where she's at right now, but I know she's lost it 100 times. She's the, ex, she's the Weight Watchers representative now. She's, she's lost so much weight and gained it back. Don't laugh. Well, I'll be, don't mess her over, but I look, I think some of it's sneaking up from behind. That's why she doesn't know. <laughs> Maybe she doesn't realize. Maybe it's sneaking up on her. Maybe she can't see it. <laughs> you know, have you ever feel like you're looking good and then you go to one of those real mirrors and you're like, oh my gosh, I've been lying to myself. You walk to the side and you're like, oh, I'm my dad, I'm my dad. John 6, 50, verse 53 says, Then Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man uh, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. There's a word again, life. There's that word again. He said, When you eat the flesh and drink the blood, you have life in you. That is a Greek word called zoe, and it just means the, the state of one who is possessed of vitality or is animate, meaning a living soul. He said, if you drink the, the blood and eat the flesh of the Son of Man, you're going to have Zoe, God life, Nefesh, God's nature is going to be inside of you. So it's more than crackers and bread. You're actually saying my issue is not knowing what to do. My issue is doing what I know. So health has not to do with just getting some medicine and getting well from some sickness. It has to do with you stop doing the stuff that's making you sick. Are you with me? Isaiah 53, let me, let's just read it. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. And here we find the three root causes of sickness. So when we have communion, we're not just playing games. We're saying, you know what? I need my nature. If I'm going to lose this weight and keep it off, like they say, and this time I'm going to keep it off. If you want to keep it off this time, it's going to be because your nature changed, not because of this great diet that you came up with. You're going to have to start liking things that you don't like, and you're going to start not liking things that you happen to like right now. You're going to, your nature is going to have to change. Bread is, you're going to have to look at it totally different. You're going to have to look at bread pudding as, you know, demonic. 
It's gonna, you're going to have to change everything about the way you, something inside of you, in the basis of you, something in deep inside of you has to change, that you don't have the power to change it. But these three causes reveal everything. He was wounded for our transgressions. Number one, bad choices. Transgression means to cross the line. You know, to transgress, it, means, it literally means to cross the line. Have you ever crossed the line in your eating? Every day. Cross the line. One biscuit wasn't that bad, but, but on your third biscuit, you know you was in sin. You were deep in sin on that third biscuit. Right? Transgress. Bad choices. Alcohol. Drugs. Laziness. Not exercising. Not drinking water. Not sleeping well. Staying up all night playing video games. Whatever. Energy drinks all the time. All of these are transgressions against your body. They're not sin. I'm not saying all of them are sin. Some of them are. But not all of them are like a, you know, breaking the Bible. But they're sin against your body. And you know it's not good for you, but you're still doing it. It's, it's the wrong nature because there's something in our nature that wants us to do the things that are bad for us. And doesn't want us to do the things that are good for us. It's in our nature. Am I right? There's something. That's why it's a, hard, a bad habit is easy to start and hard to break. A good habit is hard to start and easy to break because in our nature, there's this, I don't want to do good and be healthy. You've been in some of those class reunions from high school. You feel pretty good about yourself at this point. After that, that was a shocking evening. Like, oh my gosh, please tell me, Jesus, that is not Susie Q because she was a cheerleader. And now <laughs> she works at the graveyard, apparently. <laughs> I feel pretty good about myself. I was reading this, I, 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 when I was preparing, I was reading this idea that coronary artery disease, strokes, diabetes, uh, specific cancers, um, they're only common around rich people, among rich people. But when rich people start influencing, they were almost zero in Africa, but the more our culture influences Africa, the more they start getting the same diseases we have. Anytime we culturalize a culture, they start getting sick just like Americans. It's not like, oh, I wonder if it's true. It is true. Every time it is a, it, being sick is mostly a rich person's disease because you have so much that you can't say no. And because your, 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 your um, nature gets out of control. A large portion of sickness has to do with people crossing the line. Smoking when you shouldn't smoke, drinking when you shouldn't drink, eating what you shouldn't eat. It just, if you go to the doctor, he's going to ask you, what do you do? If you've got a borderline illness of some kind, diabetes, you say, what do you do? Well, you, I do this, I eat cake all the time, etc. He's going to say, okay, stop doing that. Because he's going to say, your lifestyle is about killing you. You keep crossing the line and it's going to be over for you. You can't ask God to keep healing you if you keep doing the thing that's making you sick. You can ask but the blood of Jesus not only heals your sickness, it changes your nature. And instead of saying, I'm going to pursue ruining my life by the things that I eat. You know, poor Christians, every, you know, when I grew up, Christians, everything you did was a sin. So the only thing you could do was eat. We'd all the Pizza Hut doing the Pizza Hut all-you-can-eat bar after church. We're like, we can't do anything, but we can eat. <laughs> everything else is a sin. So everything was a sin, so we were like eating it. The, look. You ever see a group of Christians at a salad bar? 
you could eat that much grass and gain weight. They just got, to, I mean, they're going 10 times. They're pouring all kinds of stuff on it, croutons, bacon. Oh, I'm just losing weight. I'm just eating salad. <laughs> I don't care what you eat. You would have gained weight if you eat that much. I'm saying that because God's intention is for you to be healthy. His intention is for you not to be opposing yourself the whole time. He wants you to rise up to a different place so that you can enjoy your life, enjoy your children, enjoy your great-grandchildren. He wants you to have a great life where you feel good all the time. And that's going to be, you're going to have to start making the right choices. He was wounded for our transgressions. He has a solution for your crossing the line. Psalm 103.5 says, He satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, when you eat some fruit or you're eating some fresh vegetables, you feel so good about yourself. And then somebody brings out the fried catfish and you're like, I'm backsliding. It all looked good until you brought out the catfish with rice and gravy. And then I'm like, I'm getting... He wants your mouth to be satisfied with good things so that your youth can be renewed like the eagles. What goes, much of your youth and health is determined by what you put in your mouth. Now, I just give you a side note about this because this is a reality. How many of you know in Louisiana it's not easy to eat right? Look at somebody and say, I know that's right. But did you know this? You may not know this because I was shocked. I kind of knew it, but I was shocked. Hawaii, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Vermont, and Utah are the five healthiest states of the year this year. While the five least healthy are Arkansas, that's biscuits and gravy, Oklahoma, Alabama, Mississippi, and coming in last, Louisiana. According to the annual America's Healthy uh, Health Rankings report released last week, the report has been conducted annually for the last 29 years. Believe me, Louisiana is going to be at the bottom or near the bottom. You live in the most unhealthy state in the union. So next time you brag about etouffee <laughs> and you brag about how good the Louisiana food is and bread pudding and all, remember... That's what's making it. Louisiana's uh, are sicker than anyone else because of their lifestyle. Because they make choices. That it's, everything's rich. Everything's gravy. Everything's butter. And at the end of the day, you want to be healthy, you're going to have to receive a different nature. Are you with me? Now, let me give you the second one. I hope we can get through all of them. Maybe not. I mean, it's serious. As funny as it is, because everybody knows that it's hard to eat right in Louisiana. You're just gonna have, a, have to get a different nature. You're gonna have to say, you know, I do not want that jambalaya. Nope, no thank you, can I have a salad please? How many know it sounds crazy even when I say it? Like you're like, that just sounds crazy. Could I have a salad instead of the jambalaya? Like it's things people never say. <laughs> could, I, could I, could you just give me a salad because I'm not into jambalaya right now. And please leave off the white beans and rice. <laughs> and I, will, I won't have the buttery biscuit. But something has to change. And it, it can't be you trying to control yourself. It has to be your, your nature has to change. And that's how you really lose weight. You lose weight by saying, thank you, Jesus, that you're changing my nature. I can eat whatever I want. I just don't want to eat it. Right? I can eat whatever I want. I just don't want to do it. This is when God changes your nature. You know what? I used to eat all that stuff. I don't eat that anymore. And I'm not talking about bondage. I'm talking about your life coming under the control of the Holy Spirit 
by the blood of Jesus. Number two, he said he was, first, he was wounded for my transgression. What's the second one? He was what? Bruised for what? My iniquities. Bruised for my iniquities. God says, in the book of Numbers, he says, the Lord is slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgression. There's those two words. But he will by no means clear the guilty. Visiting the iniquity, not and transgression, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. The iniquity. So God said, so here's the second cause of illness, is iniquity. What does iniquity mean? It means to actually, the, the, the uh, Hebrew word means the twistedness. It means the crookedness. I will visit the crookedness or the lean or the bent toward. That's why you see children of alcoholics, when your dad did not conquer the drugs, when your dad did not conquer the alcoholism or whatever, the homosexuality or whatever it was or the immorality, when they did not conquer it, it got visited on the next three generations. What got visited? The lean, the bent, the bent toward it. The twistedness is visited down. So when, when someone says, you know, I don't know, you know, I just felt that I, I, it, like I've always been this way. Right, because you've been visited by this. God says there's things that are visited when, you're, when they are not conquered in one generation, they are visited on three more generations. How many want to conquer it in your generation so you don't pass down anything but health and healing? Well, that's what the blood of Jesus does. It allows these curses to be canceled. You know, when you go to the doctor, he wants you to fill out a form, and he wants to find out about, what well, did your grandfather, what did he have? Because if he had it, I mean, they'll go all the way to mental illness. If there's mental illness, they'll say, was there mental illness? Did your grandma have mental illness? Well, the chances are you won't have mental illness. Why? Because it's in the blood. It's become a spiritual genetic. They don't know why. If someone had breast cancer, why is it likely that you had breast cancer? Why is that? Because now it's something that's in the genetic. And God said he was bruised for our iniquities. Notice a bruise is something below the skin. It's not something that you just outright did. It's something that's undercover, something you can't quite see, but it exists. That's what iniquity is. It's that you know you shouldn't be drinking like you've been drinking, but you can't quit it. Your daddy drank like that, your grandma drank like that, and now you can't quit drinking because it's a curse. And the Bible says at the cross, every curse was broken. You can't break a curse just because you don't want a curse. you got to go to the blood of Jesus, and that curse is broken. Are you listening to me? He was wounded for our iniquities, the curse of high blood pressure. The curse of cancer, the curse of sugar diabetes. It's not a curse, brother, it's a disease. But it's passed down because somebody didn't do the right thing. Someone kept transgressing in the, in the generations before. And guess what? Brand new baby gets a visit on them because you didn't conquer it. That's why you find everything from divorce to perversion, everything that com it comes in generations because unless someone stops it, unless someone brings it to the cross, except, except someone comes and says, you know what? That, that curse stops here. Mental illness stops here. The, 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 the disease that was our family disease stops here. Are you with me? So uh, look, this is real. The blood of Jesus is no joke. 
The blood, he said, I shed some blood so that that thing, that curse can be broken. I don't care what your granddaddy had. Your grandchildren don't have to have it. I don't care what your grandmama had. I don't care if they were all mentally ill and perverts and every, every other kind of thing. You don't have to have that in your family. I don't care what your daddy or your cousin or whatever they did. It doesn't have to come to your children because at the cross, the blood of Jesus stops it all. There's never been anything more powerful. No sin, no iniquity. There's never been anything more powerful than the blood of Jesus. But you got to apply it. You got to say, that's for me. It's not just that my sins are forgiven. Thank God. Not just that my iniquities, my lean toward it, my twistedness, that bondage. All of you have heard the stories of, from your family of, you know, everybody's sickness and everybody's sins and all that. Look at somebody next to you and say, it stops right here at the cross. And you can't earn that. And you can never deserve it. But you just have to just receive it. You know what? By faith, I have a covenant that the blood of Jesus, he was wounded for my transgressions. And from now on, I'm going to stop crossing the line because I don't have to cross the line anymore. Jesus shed blood. I don't have to keep doing self-destructive crazy things to my body. My kids don't have to keep eating chicken nuggets and fried everything. It can stop right here. But nothing changes except there's something applied there and there's a faith that's released. And say, you know what? For our family, we're not going to be sick. We're not going to pass down tiredness and fatigue and all the all the curses that were part of my family we're not passing that down we're going to pass down health and healing from generation to generation my kids are going to love water they're going to love vegetables they're going to love exercise they're not going to love sitting in front of a ridiculous screen all day they're going to get up and say let's go do let's go play some sports let's do something fun let's get get active and let's be somebody let's accomplish something and the last one is this well, let me just read it. I'm going to read this. Actually, I'm, going to, I'm not going to do the last one because I'll do it next week. Because the last one is about stress. He, what does it say? He said, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. The last cause of sickness is stress. We don't have time because we're going to break the curse. How many you want to break some curses off your family today? Off your generations. Are you ready? Let me read you the scripture and we're going to have a prayer. Colossians 2.14 Having canceled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note bond with its legal decrees and its demand, which was in force and stood against us, hostile, hostile to us. Now, that's a lot of words to say. You had a document against your life that was written and saying, you did this, your grandpa did this, and this is your mistakes, all these, and therefore, it's coming on you and it's coming on your children. He called it the written decrees that was written against you, that had your name on them because of what your daddy did, because of what your grandfather did. And because of what you did, there is this document, these decrees that were written against you. Listen to this. This note with its regulations, decrees, and demands he set aside and cleared completely out of the way by nailing it to his cross. 
don't know if you got that. That's an old happy day moment right there. And all that stuff you couldn't do anything about, all that stuff was passed down to you that you couldn't change. He said he took all that stuff that was written against you and what you had to be and what your kids had to be. He took all that stuff and he nailed it. He canceled it and nailed it to the cross and said, paid in full by the blood of Jesus. Listen to what God did. God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us. Wait, hold up right there. What did he do? He disarmed. What were they armed with? All the crazy, creepy stuff you did, all the crazy, creepy stuff your mama did, all the crazy, creepy stuff your grandfather did, all the creepy, crazy stuff your great-grandfather did, what they didn't conquer. The Bible says the enemy was using that as weapons against you. It was arguments against your life. And he was saying, you know what? I'm going to put it on them because God said, I'm going to visit on the third and fourth generation. And he was using that as a weapon. And he was saying, you know what? Every time you want to do something good, you're going to feel super sad. And every time you want to get going, you're going to do something immoral. And every time you want to get going, doing something great for God, you're going to slip back into that old perversion. And the enemy said, I'm going to keep banging them down until they quit. He had a weapon. You're like, I'm trying to do right. Why do I, what do I, I keep getting knocked back down? Listen, Jesus disarmed. Say it with me. Come on, say it loud. Say, he disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us. This one he did. He made a bold display and public example of them and triumphing over them and it hit the cross. Now today we're going to receive communion. And I want you to, I can't look, like they say, you can take a horse of water, but you can't make him drink. For some of you, it might just be bread and crackers. But for me, it's the nature of Christ. I can't change myself. But the blood of Jesus has the power not only to forgive my sin, but change my nature. And I don't have to keep loving the things that are killing me. I don't care if it's grits and eggs. I don't have to keep wanting the things that are destroying me and making me unhealthy. I don't have to continue to live a lifestyle that's making me sick. I don't have to receive what was passed down to me. See, this is serious business, right? If it wasn't serious, you wouldn't need the blood of Jesus. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you to stand up. And we're going to have the ushers come forward. Wonderful Jesus, we love you, we worship you. And you're gonna go out to the left, you don't have to feel like you have to, but if you wanna participate, you can participate, all you have to do is be sincere with all your heart that Jesus is the Lord of your life and you're receiving Jesus today. And that you're receiving his word and you're receiving a miracle today. So if you don't mind, just move out to the left, starting with the front row, go to your left and we're gonna pass through. In the day we're going to cancel every curse. And the cross, Jesus broke every curse. At the cross, Jesus broke every generational curse. You don't have to live in depression. You don't have to live in anxiety or sickness. You don't have to live in fear. It's all paid for.
While I was praying, I saw a lump in someone's breast. I saw your left breast. I saw the Lord cause it to disappear. I just want, if that's you, you might not even know about it, but it, it, it disappeared. God has caused it to shrink and disappear. Jesus is here right now. Jesus is here right now. Just when you got out of your chair, when you got out of your seat, God was healing you. God healed you. You just stepped out of your seat and God touched you. The blood of Jesus makes you healthy. Changes your nature. Makes you strong. Changes your decision-making process. Changes what you want. Being self-destructive stops today in Jesus' name. Doing things that are making you sick, it stops today in Jesus' name. It stops today in Jesus' name. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Today, according to what you believe, it's coming to your life. If you believe that even the mistakes that you've made with your body the things you've been involved in, the things that you've taken or drank or how you've hurt your body. He was wounded for your transgressions. Come on, let's take the bread. I put it in your hand for a moment and say it with me. Say, thank you, Lord, for your word. Your word is truth. And I receive it. Your word is the bread of life. It was broken for me. You were broken. Your body was broken so that I could be healed. I receive your word. I receive your word that says, by the blood of Jesus, I've been delivered from all the power of the enemy. I receive your word that says all of my sins have been forgiven I receive your word that says my eternity is with you in heaven because of the cross and I'm saved I receive your word that says as I walk in the light as you are in the light the blood of Jesus is continually cleansing me from all sin I receive your word that says by the blood of Jesus I am justified and when he looks at me it's just as if I had never sinned I receive your word that says, by the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified and set apart for my divine purpose. Every day, I'm moving closer to my destiny. I receive your word that says, 
you are wounded for my transgressions. I receive your word that says you were bruised for my iniquities. As I receive your word, my thinking changes. My desires change. The way I see life, it changes. Your word is renewing my mind and changing my life. And I receive it. Father, as we break this bread, we receive it. We thank you for us. These words are Jesus to us. And we receive Jesus. We receive truth. And we receive freedom as we receive this bread in Jesus' name. Come on, let's take it. Yes. He took the cup and said, this is the covenant. This is the power of God. The cross is foolishness to them that are perishing, but us who believe is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Now we're going to take this cup and you're going to release your faith that not only are your sins forgiven, but your nature is changed. You're going to believe that the desire to do things that hurt your body is removed from you. And you're going to believe that as you receive this, that the lack of desire to exercise and to, to sleep well is removed from your life. And that the desire to be healthy the desire to drink water and the desire to, to do the right thing for your body, you begin, you're going to receive that today. This is in the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus cancels every curse. And the blood of Jesus replaces the nature of old sickly Adam with the nature of healthy Jesus. And you're receiving it. You're not going to try to worship willpower, but you're going to receive that today, I don't want to do those drugs anymore. I could, I can be forgiven, but you know what? I don't want it anymore. I don't want that medicine. I don't need food to make me happy. I'm happy with Jesus. From this moment forward, you're going to receive the nature of Christ, not just the forgiveness for all the mistakes that you made when you sinned against your body, you're going to receive that forgiveness, but you're going to receive a new nature, the nature of Jesus, the nature of health and healing. You're going to receive the desire to, to eat right and sleep right and do right and avoid the wrong things and say no to the wrong things and yes to the right things. God can do it for you in a moment. You don't need a seminar. You don't even need a book. All you need is a moment with Jesus and your nature is going to be changed. And you're going to push away the things that are not good for you. And you're going to pursue those good things that God has for your life to make you healthy. Father, bless this cup. Thank you that by your blood our sins are forgiven, that our transgressions are forgiven. And thank you that with this blood as we receive this covenant, we receive the nature of Christ. We receive Zoe life. We receive the nefesh of Jesus. It's in the blood. We receive the life of Christ. We receive the right emotions, the right feelings, and the right desires. This is the blood of Jesus, and it changes us. Father, bless this cup as we take it.
Thank you right now. We're receiving a miracle that we are different because your blood is inside of us. Let your blood touch our blood and let there be a transformation in our nature. Thank you. Bless this cup as we take it in Jesus' name. Let's take it. Yes, Lord. Right now, the blood of Jesus is touching your blood. Right now, the, touch, the blood of Jesus is taking away wrong desires. That's absorbing those wrong desires. It's canceling right now every curse. Right now, if you don't mind, if you just shut, shut your hands up because the Bible says we are crucified with Christ. And when we have our hands up, it's like we're being crucified. That old nature, that old family sickness, that old depression, right now, that curse is broken. That curse is broken. The curse of sickness, the curse of uh, being unhealthy is broken. The desire for the wrong thing, whether it be drugs or alcohol or the wrong kinds of food, right now it's broken. Every curse right now at the cross, every curse is broken by the blood of Jesus. Right now with your hands lifted, say it when we thank you, Lord Jesus. By your blood, every curse is broken. It will not be passed down to my children, but it ends right now. The curse of being unhealthy, the curse of being lazy is broken right now. All the curses that were in my family of perversion, of depression, of sadness, of self-destructive behavior, we declare right now it's broken by the blood of Jesus. And we declare and we decree, get out of my life. You no longer rule my life. Leave me right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.